Hey, welcome back, everybody. You have tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers wrapped up their mandatory minicamp today in Pittsburgh. They were actually in Heinz Field, Mike Tomlin suggesting he wanted to get the guys a feel for it. And um, if you right now are scratching your head or have a uh, perplexed look on your face right now, because I told you last week that it was the end. Well, let me explain. I'm an idiot. Um, I totally botched it. I, I thought for sure last week was the mandatory minicamp. I thought it was over, done, all that stuff. NFL.com listed the final dates for the Steelers was, was June 7th through the 10th. Um, and I thought that was it. And lo and behold, that was wrong. So um, I, I try to pride myself on doing this thing the right way. And uh, every once in a while, you, 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 you F up. And uh, I definitely did. So we will uh, circle back around and, and touch on what went on at the mandatory minicab this week. And a um, lot, lot of things to discuss, too. A lot of, lot of interesting, positive, good things uh, going. And uh, of course, to help me out here are uh, Ian and Ben. And uh, I know, Ian, you're you're taking it easy tonight, just uh, sipping on some ginger ale, perhaps? Uh, just water, actually. I had a little yeah. stomach bug early in the week, so just, just yep. taking it easy with some water tonight. Very good, very good. And uh, Ben, you've uh, uh, the, the quiet man, I believe? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking the quiet man and, and a little um, uh, rogue bat squatch. Because nice. it's tasty. It's tasty, Ian. Well, this is what you're missing. The tasty, tasty goodness. T- tasty goodness. Well, I tasty goodness a... of hazy IPA. If you guys yeah, well, that, a little of my own. I, I've got uh, the old Bell's Two Hearted Ale sitting here tonight. So, oh, uh, really? It's it, not a it's not a mango white claw. No, I I, 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 hey, hey, hey! I've got a couple of those left now. You know, I'll bet you do. Watermelon uh, and, too, huh? And they watermelon? No, no, I don't think so. Uh, but they might be consumed this weekend. It's supposed to be hot. Uh, they're they're great when it's hot. So. Um, anyway, so before we, before we go on though, let's, let's say, you know, Mark fully apologized for his mistake, but let's not forget last week, Mark was drinking a (laughs) highly fruity beer with, I I think it had what passion fruit in it and Uh, pomegranate and some other stuff like uh, pretty high ABV. And I, I would like, you know, high, pretty high ABV on on that beer that Mark was drinking last week. And I I would like to throw mark under the bus oh sure for screwing up last week but mm-hmm. ian and i were here and we could have corrected you and neither one of us did so that's <laughs> on us too i uh i will not sidestep that one well yeah. if if the moral of the story is that that our drinking is what caused that problem then that's too damn bad because we're going to keep <sighs> drinking on this podcast i don't think it's uh, the drinking i think it's that you're drinking beer with fruit in it is the problem and not drinking yeah. whiskey like that, that very well could be hey, whatever man you're the guy who was drinking honey whiskey last week okay <laughs> it's delicious uh, don't don't throw any shade at that guy for drinking his mango crap no. which is disgusting also it, it, it's disgustingly delicious i can't help it it's just not it. it's it's like it's magically delicious like lucky charms <laughs> 
Well, anywho, yeah, tastes we'll about go. the same too. They, uh, yeah. Oh God. Uh, anyway, the Steelers wrap things up this week, and uh, lots of good things to report on. And and let let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Matt Canada spoke to the uh, assembled press, and and of course they are still doing it through the video conferencing, which uh, many people are are not thrilled by and and i get it i get it uh the the media as of right now is still not allowed in the locker rooms which is pissing everybody off um maybe that will be adjusted i don't know but i we will also later in the show talk a little bit about these new covid uh uh, policies too for vaccinated unvaccinated players because there's some really interesting points in that as well but matt canada said something this week that obviously got um twitter a, a flutter and um, when, when he was talking about Ben Roethlisberger and this new offense and everything else, and uh, Ian, I think what he kind of said was Ben is going to do what Ben's going to do type thing, and that just immediately sent everybody into uh, craziness. Is, is that what he said? Uh, yes and no. That was part of a longer right. quote that he said, and that was the part that everyone picked out and ran with. The The broader point was that, Matt Canada, like a competent NFL offensive coordinator, wants mm-hmm. to make sure that his quarterback, aka the most important position on the field, is comfortable with the plays oh. and schemes and patterns and throws that are called. So, you know, he's mm-hmm. he basically said we're going to work through a bunch of different ideas and mm-hmm. concepts and things like that, that we have in the off season. And, and he had said this previously too, that he said, you know, even with the backup quarterbacks, they want to know the 10 to 15 plays or concepts or whatever it is that they're most comfortable running. So if they have to go into a game, you know, these are kind of the the default ones they can go to and know that the quarterback has confidence. They can run this play, this scheme, this yeah. concept, whatever mm-hmm. it is. So basically saying we're going to do what Ben wants to do is was the tail end of a quote of him saying, you know, we're we're going to find out what works best for our personnel Mm -hmm. and what things, you know, Ben is comfortable with running and what what kind of concepts and throws he likes to make. I mean, we've all seen over the years, Ben loves that 15 yard out pattern. Him and Antonio Brown had that down pat. And, you know, that's that's a throw. Ben loves to make and has been very good at making. So, you know, thing I took it to mean things like that are still going to be there that Ben's not going to have carte blanche freedom like he did in the past. It's not going to be Bruce Arians schoolyard football where, you know, Ben has to run around and elude defenders and try and just chuck it down the field. Um, The other thing I took away from his, his quote was that they're actually going to, and hold on to your horses here, Mm -hmm. scheme and game plan and try and, uh, exploit matchups that you know to tr- put their offensive players in the best possible yeah. positions. He, he mentioned matchups several times. He did. <laughs> oh, hello, Maggie. Hey, Maggie. Yes, Maggie. Just just thinking about how you know our Jesus. previous offensive coordinators had had no regard for matchups made her upset. Yeah, it's true. Randy sucked. You're right, Maggie. Did did uh, it, it, Ben? Did. I'll I'll let you jump in on this one but warren uh, sharp had a great tweet today um along the lines of uh he, he broke down the tendencies of randy feekner uh the, when the quarterback was under center they ran the ball about three quarters of the time and when he was in the shotgun they threw the ball about three quarters of the time i i 
was not surprised by those things, but it's always fascinating to still see them. Um, it is that is what Ian said, essentially what you took out of, uh, Matt Canada's comments related to Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, I didn't really care for it either, but I, I, I think that the fans overreacted to what Canada said. I'm of not going to defend Canada. I think that Canada is probably going to learn lessons Mm-hmm. as he speaks to the press and not say things like this again. But basically, yeah, I agree with Ian in, in so yeah. much as he was trying to emphasize the fact publicly that he's going to make his quarterback comfortable. But what he said verbatim is, we're going to do what Ben wants to do and how Ben wants to do it. Our job right. is getting every player in a position to make plays. There are changes with terminology. That's an adjustment for Ben. He's been great in learning learning it, doing really well with it. He's adapted easily, and we, as we all knew he would, uh, you know, he went on to basically, you know, say that – talk about matchups, as as uh, as Ian alluded to before. Mm-hmm. Um, computer just froze up. This is awesome. Um, and, you know – Matchups are an important part of the game, and that was something that Randy tended to ignore as an offensive coordinator, which drove fans insane and Mm -hmm. basically made them believe that Randy was the bane of the offense's existence. Mm -hmm. I still maintain and will to my grave that the reason the 2020 Steelers offense failed at the end of the season was the offensive line. And the fact that Mm -hmm. even though he was throwing short passes, throwing 50 balls a game is not good for a guy who's 38 years old. Ben's arm was dead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's that's what did him in. The offensive line and Ben's arm dying. So he cannot throw it that many times a game. We need to keep him on a pitch count, keep it under, you know, keep it 30, 35 tops. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, and he also talked about, you know, with the matchups, he was, I mean, it was very much like a kid in a toy store when he was talking about Najee Harris um, trying. Yeah, he's excited. Yeah, I mean, hell, I would be too, uh, about trying to get him isolated uh, on on linebackers and, and, and in situations where he can be successful. Uh, you know, is that, Ben, is that a departure from not just, Feigner, but you know Todd Haley a little bit too. I mean, did did he always work to get guys in the best matchup situations? Because I don't know that he always did. Haley did. Haley did. He yeah. just got too cute sometimes, in my opinion. Haley yes. was a, a very good offensive coordinator, and he honestly he excelled at drawing Ben away from his worst tendencies, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of the reason that Ben was successful when when Haley was the OC is that Haley tempered those those tendencies that Ben had. You know, they never got along. It it no. was no secret. It was what it was. Um Todd has a reputation for being a, a bit abrasive <laughs> um and has everywhere he's been. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of players have not liked Todd over the years. It wasn't just Ben. Uh, players in Kansas City didn't like him. Players in Arizona didn't like him before that. Uh, you know, 
it is what it is. Todd right, is right. An, an odd dude. Um, so I, I don't think this is necessarily getting back to your question, a departure yeah. from those things. Um, I mean, Todd Haley had Le'Veon Bell. Think about the fa- think That's about the way too. he used Bell to. I mean, basically, he used him as the linchpin, even when he wasn't going to be the focal point of a play. He used him to fake the defense out. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, it was like, "Hey, better keep an eye on Bell." Yeah. Because, no. It, you know, it, it, at, at any yeah. moment, I could just flick the ball out to him, and oh, look out! A little five-yard play turns into forty. And, and that's clearly what I think everyone hopes Najee Harris brings back. You know, since Le'Veon has has been gone, we haven't had that. Um, nobody was going to be really concerned, overly concerned, if James Conner flexed out or if well, James Conner went. You know, I, you know James what I'm saying. Conner, the, the first year after after Bell left, well, the year Bell held out, James Conner right. was a Pro Bowler. Yeah, no, I, and I, and it's because right. the offensive line was better. James Conner's not as bad. As he looked last year, because that line sucked balls. James Conner is not a great talent at running back. There's no question. He's mm-hmm. not, but mm-hmm. he's not that bad. He's really not. Um, again, I I, I want to emphasize the fact that, you know, he looked pretty damn good when Bell left. And yeah, then, oh. <laughs> you know, the whole offense kind of fell off a cliff. Yeah, when when Connor is healthy, I think he's a very solid running back. I, I'll I'll never think otherwise. Um, I I look at it in terms of just overall game planning that type of thing. Um, but again, that's just me. Um, Ian, were anything else on the offense? Uh, I know there were some comments. Eric Ebron talked a little bit about he sees a lot of twelve uh, personnel being used uh, based on what he's seen so far. I don't think that's a huge shock, do you? No, I mean considering they drafted Pat Fryermuth in the second right. round, not a, not a big surprise. But I mean, what what's a I lot? Mean, you know, well I, that that's what I was going to go next. Twenty yeah. twenty snaps a game would be a huge departure from last year, but that's not a lot. Yeah, I mean, and obviously you know situation will dictate. I mean, if you're yes. trailing after the first half, you're going to probably go into the third quarter with pretty much all 11 personnel for the whole second half at least mm-hmm. um, but the other the other thing back to the the idea of matchups is that we have the the personnel now at the skill positions to be able to mix and match a lot of different things I mean you can put Ebron and Fryermuth out there with whoever you want you know a wide receiver pick two guys out mm-hmm. of four and you could have them both line up as tight ends on the same side of the line. You could flex Ebron out as a wide, you know, essentially as a wide receiver, uh, split him out wide. You could, you know, there's a lot of different things you could do. I mean, you could basically, Ebron could basically function like a third wide receiver in a two mm-hmm. tight end set. Yeah. Um, so Agreed. there's, there's a, there's a lot of options we're going to have this year. I mean, even at the wide receiver group, which three are you going to put on the field at a given time? Is it going to be Juju, Claypool, Deontay? Is James Wash? I mean, James Washington's going to get some snaps in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think we'll see a lot. I think the receiver group we're going to see a lot less games of you know one guy having sixty four of the sixty six offensive snaps where they're on the field. I think it's going to be a lot more of sort of a forty forty thirty type split where. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some some guys will play more, but even in 
even in 12 personnel where you have two wide receivers, you could put Claypool and Juju out there. You could put Claypool. I mean, you could put any of those guys can play outside. You can put Claypool, right. Juju. You can right. put Claypool, Deontay. You could put you could put Deontay and James Washington out there. It, Juju and James Washington. You know, you can do whatever you want, and that gets to Juju's comments from last week too about him mm-hmm. playing more outside. That you know, last year they were they rarely used two tight end sets of pretty much all the time they had three wide receivers on the field which put juju in the slot so it may be you know when they go to three wide receivers yeah juju bumps into the slot but in 12 personnel he may see the field a bit more on the outside too so it's just one of those things where they're going to have a lot more options this year just because of the depth they have at those skill positions yeah that's a great point um ben what you know claypool fell off a little bit last year after the you know really awesome start what what in his game has to be better for him to be more consistent this year he's got to be a better route runner and he's got to concentrate more on catching the ball but Mm -hmm. getting back to ian's point about whether or not they'll be a wide receiver that plays you know Mm -hmm. 95 percent of the snaps i still think juju is going to be that guy and the reason being that he is still well he's their best run blocking wide receiver and he is actually pretty good at it yeah and they're going to emphasize the run game this year that being the case i see him out there the majority of the snaps if he's healthy um it might be in the slot it might be on the outside it kind of depends on what the matchups are mm-hmm. who they're trying to move out of the way um, I thought that Claypool would be a better blocker than he was last year. Um, he's he's not there yet. He's got to learn to do that. He's got to pick up his game there. Um, James Washington did a pretty decent job of, of run blocking last mm-hmm. year. Um, was was pleasantly surprised. Um, Deontay is nothing to write home about there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, he blocks, but he's he gets not, in the way. He's not like good at it. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that and and getting back to the point you were making before about the fact that no, actually Ian was making this point mm-hmm. that they can they can flex uh, Ebron out into the Y and they can leave Fryermuth in tight. Let's just say they line up in twelve personnel mm-hmm. and then decide they're going to flex Ebron out. They can also flex Harris out and go empty backfield. Yeah, go one tight end tight and empty backfield and. Now it's like, okay, we definitely have a mismatch someplace. What are we going to exploit here? Well, you know? too, to add to that, the way that Canada runs motion a lot, that, yeah. that if they go empty, that doesn't exactly mean it's going to be a pass. You know, I mean, Not they, they could, Yeah, they could easily get somebody in a jet, hand off right there, or, yep. or a little flip in front. So, you know, I, I, I'm excited for it. I, you know, um, I, I think it's 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 going to be uh, definitely a departure from what we've seen, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping you know. that that Claypool has has put not necessarily put on weight, but gotten a little stronger. Yeah. Um, worked on his route running over the course of the of the off season, and really concentrated on his hands. Uh, you know, he he had some untimely drops last year too. I mean, that there was a, a case of dropsy that ran through the the entire receiving core, oh, including was, yeah. including Eric Ebron. But Ebron's always had that knock right. on him, you know. Oh, yeah. and, he, and he didn't lead the team in drops. Deontay did. Yeah, that that uh, it, it was bad. Um, 
And it happened yeah, at the uh, worst I mean, possible time. Yeah, exactly. You know? We lost some games and, and guys lost yeah. confidence. That was the bigger problem. It wasn't so much that they were dropping the ball. It was that dropping the ball was creating a domino effect, and these guys were losing confidence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as a result, it was impacting future games because they were they were in their heads, which is just not where you want a player to be. No, that's true. Uh, before we switch over to the defense, just a reminder that you are listening to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida, serving the southern Palm Beach counties um, along with Broward. Uh, whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting DeckRoofingIncorporated.com, or actually DeckRoofing.com, something like that. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, visit them. I, I, I was doing my deck this weekend. I could have used deck, but they don't do decks. They do roofing. And believe me, I tell John Deck all the time. I'm like, it's the stupidest name, man. You got deck roofing, but you don't do decks. doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but then I was told once again, it's an acronym for three names. And then I guess it makes sense. So what the hell do I know? Uh, Ian, on the defensive side, uh, Keith Butler stood uh, before the video cameras uh, in in Pittsburgh. uh, And uh, he was asked a little bit about the depth at the outside linebacker position. And uh, well, right now it's pretty thin. You've got TJ Watt, you've got Alex Highsmith, you've got a rookie in uh, Quincy Roche, and then you have a guy I now like to think of as Swamp Thing. His name is Cassius Marsh. Um, What were your sentiments uh, based on hearing that? I think I've expressed this before on this show, that outside linebacker is one of those positions where if a guy shakes free that's a veteran in cuts or whatnot we should Mm -hmm. go after him to add depth because it's really a position where you need three guys to be able to play in a rotation last year they had four guys playing in a rotation with ola denny uh before bud dupree went down and you you really do need three capable guys just so your your two starters don't have to play every snap every game so Mm -hmm. It's and really, I mean, Alex Highsmith is the starter this year, but is still kind of an unproven commodity. I mean, he started the second half of last year. So, you know, going out and being able to, to grab a veteran would be good. Roche was a, a excellent value pick in the sixth round. Yes. And could give us some value as a pass rush specialist. He's a little bit undersized still. Um, but his his run defense leaves quite a bit to be desired. I don't think he's strong enough yet at the point of attack. I think mm-hmm. point of attack. I think he can add that strength over time, but that's not necessarily something that's you know going to happen uh, right now this off season. Um, but you know his his future is bright if if he puts the work in. But Cassius Marsh, we saw him a few times last year. He just sucks all around, and <laughs> if we have to you know rely on him as the number three guy and they kind of i'll say are by default right now relying on him as the number three guy just because of you know when when tomlin always puts his initial death charts and stuff together he always just lists the veterans at the top and the rookies at the back just to prove to the rookies that they're nothing's going to be handed to them so Mm -hmm. you know don't be don't be shocked when that initial training camp depth chart comes out and Najee Harris isn't the starter although he might be that might be the exception to the, might rule be the because, exception yeah yeah 
they're not yeah but but nevertheless yeah cassius marsh sucks um and i don't even know why they brought him back um honestly but i mean i guess special teams but they they should definitely be looking at adding depth to the outside linebacker position um ben so what is it about this cassius marsh that you just don't care for either well you know i think Kulong put it best yesterday when he (laughs) tweeted he said you know they need to make it clear to him that there's no part of the scheme where he should go out there and think it's his job to get blown off the ball. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's Neil okay. of uh, USA Today, uh, Wire, yeah, and, uh, yeah. uh, and he, he, uh, he always has a way with words. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I, I, I just – Marsh, yes, he sucks. Um, uh, I'm really hoping Quincy Roche – who I think has a lot of upside and a, a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. There's that word again to be a guy um, comes in and, and wows us this year, especially as a, as a pass rusher. I think he's got the potential to compete for snaps as a pass rusher, but he's got to prove himself on special teams or he's not getting a helmet right. anyway. And he won't be active on game days. Uh, I think he's a little bit light in the seat. He won't be able to set the edge very well this year, and he's got to learn to cover. So he's got a ways to go. But you know, I like I like the kid's upside. Marsh, yeah. we've seen what he can do. Um, he's below average in coverage. He's a a full second late in the pass rush, and he cannot set the edge to save his life. Um, you know, I I had to go into a game as a Sam linebacker as a sophomore in high school, um, because somebody got injured and they absolutely abused me that game. And every time I watch Marsh play, it reminds me of it. So it's part flashback and humiliation, <laughs> and part watching my favorite team play this guy who just flat out sucks. Now, all of that said. Um, you know, the Steelers are going to have a hard time bringing somebody in. I did the math mm-hmm. and basically looking at, at, uh, the, the snaps that are available for the third outside linebacker, uh, Watt played, um, he's played 85%, about 85% of the snaps over the course of his career. He played 83% mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Highsmith actually played closer to like 95% of the snaps last year. Wow. After he became the starter, I don't believe that'll be the case this year. No. Uh, they just didn't have very much depth behind him last year, and they just kept they left him in. Um, and they, you know, he's going to have to go the full seventeen games this year too. So I, I see him probably be closer to eighty percent, and you know, Watt may be closer to eighty percent too. So let's just say mm-hmm. hypothetically, that leaves roughly three hundred fifty, four hundred snaps for a third outside linebacker to play. That's not that many snaps per game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing a guy in on a short-term deal who's, you know, better than Cassius Marsh, Quincy mm-hmm. Roche. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, a, yeah. it's going to be a difficult sell because there's not a lot of opportunity to come in and prove your worth before you go into free agency next year. So it's tough. It's a tough sell from the standpoint that they, you know, 
those guys are going to view it as a situation where Highsmith and Water are going to be on the field the vast majority of the time, and they're going to be standing on the sidelines. They're not, they're not going to get a chance to play. And so that's why it's it's going to be hard, especially when the Steelers really aren't offering that much money. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, da, 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 Washington football, uh, Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. He, you know, he signed a deal for, what was it, $2.3 million? I mean, it wasn't, it was no. not that much. And nope. the Steelers were interested and didn't match. So I got a feeling they're not offering a lot of money. They're basically saying, hey, we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You should come in here and mm-hmm. be an aggressive linebacker. And and if you can, you know, take down some, some sacks and go out next year and go into free agency again. And, you know, you never know what could happen. I mean, look at last year. Bud tore his ACL and our rookie had to play a bunch of games. And, you know, you could come in here and something might happen again. You could play a bunch of games. It's hard to say. Da, 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 da. That, that's kind of a hard sell when you're a, yeah. you're a vet and you're you know and it's it's june you're a guy who's had some accomplishments in the league and you're looking to sign a one-year deal where you can showcase your talents that's not exactly an ideal situation so it's going to be tough for them to, to pick up a guy like a ryan kerrigan mm-hmm. is uh houston and ingram are both still out there aren't they they are yeah, I, I, you know, are I, I either, think I think Ingram's in decline. I don't, I don't necessarily yeah. really want him. Um, Houston is a one-trick pony, but you know, if you needed him, yeah, he he'd be all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking of availabilities, and obviously, I haven't really looked at at who could potentially be on uh, on the way out with his Houston team right now. Yeah, Houston also has some character questions. Don't forget. Yeah, this is this is true. Um Ian the the question of nickel has been around this team for some time obviously since we knew that Mike Hilton was off to Cincinnati. Um Cam Sutton was signed to, to a new deal and everything else and it's just you know I think in some ways been assumed that's what he's going to do but um you know Terrell Austin had a really good comment this week um about what he's used as a nickel. He said, you got to be part cornerback and you got to be part linebacker. Um, who, who fits that for the Steelers right now, Ian? Uh, I mean, we have not it's football in shorts right now. So you, you don't uh-huh. really know, but I mean, let's not forget too, that, that Mike Hilton was an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes sometimes you can find those guys. It's a it's a unique skill set, but you can find those guys who might be a little bit undersized, but can play have that toughness to them. And that's really what Austin was saying that you needed that that grit and that toughness and that physicality. And sometimes those guys aren't the biggest, not the most athletic, but if you have that physicality in those short areas. And if you're willing to stick your nose in against the run, which is a really big thing, because what a lot of teams have done, especially against the Steelers for years, was they would spread them out with three or four wide and then run the ball because mm-hmm. the, the you know it, there's more gaps to fill. And if the corners don't step up and run defense, then you've got big gaps there. So you you need a guy who's willing to stick his nose in there against the run too. Um, you know, maybe one of the the undrafted guys is capable of doing it. Um, you know, 
and and Hilton was undrafted too. So like I said, yep. there's you know there's there's potential there, but like we've always talked about, potential's a French word for haven't done shit yet. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, I'm I'm actually more comfortable with Cam Sutton on the outside than on the inside. I think yep. he he reads the play really well. He reacts to the play really well. Um, he's not the most physical corner, but his his ability to diagnose what's happening and react is has been good enough previously to, to mm-hmm. get him some picks and stuff on the outside and, and even get him some picks from the inside too, that, you know, there's, there's a skill there that you need. And, and he, he's a smart dude and his ability to, you know, understand and, and think the game and see it and react right. is, is pretty good. Actually. I mean, we've talked for years about how Cam Sutton's smart enough that he's probably has a future as a, you know, secondary coach, potentially defensive coordinator uh, when he's done playing. Yeah, no, we have. That's a good point. Um, ben, do you like him on the outside versus the inside too? Uh, I don't like him in either spot versus a run play. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, um, so in Terrell Austin's analogy, then he fits the cornerback, but not so much the linebacker. He excels at coverage, mm-hmm. and it's a passing league. Okay, so they had to bring him back. They had to. Yeah. But he is not a very physical corner. He is just not. That's why he didn't play uh much as a nickel back last year or the year before. They played Mike Hilton on first and second down and they they played him as a nickel only in obvious passing situations and they'd pull Hilton off the field. And then sometimes they'd put they'd play him both. Um, but yeah, I, I am not really that big a fan of, of Cam Sutton being the last line of defense on a sweep. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I, 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 I of him coming downhill and blowing up, blowing up a run play to the outside. I'm not really that big a fan. Artie Burns would be better at it. Okay. And, and Artie was <laughs> not good, in, but, but he, he could. He could run in and take down a ball carrier. I didn't have to worry about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, he does not fit Terrell Owens' part linebacker description at all. That said, you know, he can play free safety. He can play nickel okay anyway. He can, certainly can cover. He can play either one of the corner spots on the outside. Uh, he's a super smart guy. He knows where all the other guys are on the field. Um, he's definitely uh, somebody you want to have out there. You know, there's there's yeah. no question in my mind. This is a guy you you want to have around. You want to keep. But yeah, as a run defender, I'm not really that psyched about Cam Sutton. Yeah, I I'm not either. It's always been a concern, really, going back to his his tape coming out of Tennessee, um, and I and I know he was dinged up a little bit there in his final year there, but um, that that was a big concern for me. The ability to to consistently stop the run, um, or, or at least you know shove it further back inside. Um, one of the uh, uh, other things that took place this week is that the NFL announced. Um, their their protocols, if you will, for vaccinated and uh, non-vaccinated players. And um, look, if you're a vaccinated player, 
you pretty much have uh, the the run of the mill, so to speak. You do all of the normal things that you uh, would have done pre-pandemic. If you are a non-vaccinated player, um, then there are some restrictions and um, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian, what what was one that jumped out to you on that list? So I'll say there were two that jumped out to me. Um, one that targeted specifically younger players, which was no social media marketing sponsorship opportunities or activities mm-hmm. permitted, um, which was was definitely a target towards the younger players. Um, and then looking at the, the older players, uh, may not use sauna or steam room and may not leave team <laughs> hotel to eat in restaurants, may not interact with anyone outside of team traveling party. And yep. which means that, friends and family especially family you couldn't interact with Mm -hmm. which is something that's i mean important to the young players too but probably more important to the older players that generally speaking have more wives and kids and things like that than the the younger players do so uh yeah the, the it seemed like they tried to across the board put things in place to encourage uh, players to be vaccinated and to make it, uh, you know, somewhat punitive. Somewhat, yes, punitive. Yeah, that's I, that's I, a good I, way. I of could use it. the word punitive. Yeah, yeah. The 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 one thing to me that's interesting, you know, we've seen it a lot with these these interviews, you know, over the last week or so with players, you know, Lamar Jackson and some others that is pl- some players for the Bills. I think Josh Allen, but both of them have kind of said like, hey, you know, getting the vaccines a personal choice. Now I don't have to tell the media whether I got it or not, um, which Cole basically you know, does. <laughs> well, I was waiting yeah, for that. that <laughs> there's there's that too. Right. But, you know, so I, I wonder how the NFL is able to prove whether or not a player has actually gotten the vaccine because i mean it sounds like at least from what you know the steelers have said of what mike tomlin said that you know the the team has has offered opportunities for players you know whether it's like a, a vaccine clinic or whatever you want to call it um to to get the vaccine um you know sort of in the team environment but right you know if someone went out on their own and did it there's you know i guess I'm just thinking legally from a, an employer employee relations standpoint and the NFL players do have a union to represent them, but um, you know, can they, how, how can you prove someone got it or not unless you make them show you their card that make them show them their card. Yeah. That's, that's how you do I mean, it. But in, yeah. in this instance, you have, you have a collectively bargained situation mm-hmm. where the players union has agreed to that requirement. And so, you know, I've I've read several articles that, and and you know, they're written by lawyers. They're not, they're not written by judges, and these these aren't judgments. So, in, in people's opinions, showing rather requiring someone to show their vaccination card is not a HIPAA violation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. But in this instance, it goes beyond that because the players elected a union to represent them in these notion, in these negotiations, and the union agreed to it. Mm-hmm. So it's a done deal. It doesn't make any difference. HIPAA's out the window. Yes. All they've got to do is just say, yeah, the onus is on you to prove to me that you are vaccinated so that you can avoid all these punitive measures we put into place. Testing every day. 
every single day. Masks required at club yep. facility and during travel. I mean, it, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. They're making it clear mm-hmm. that if you want to be this guy who stands up and anti-vax or anti, you know, it's a hoax or right. whatever. whatever it is. You know, whatever it is you believe, okay, you're you're free to make that choice, but you're going to stick out. You're going to stand out for the rest of your team. And this is a team environment and a team sport. So, you know, the team concept gets impacted. And just from a cultural standpoint, you know, I don't think guys are going to be real hard on other guys, but mm-hmm. when you're the guy that doesn't fit in and you're the guy who's off kind of doing his own thing, on a team, you know, it makes you feel like you're, you're less a part of the process. You're less a part oh, yeah. of the group. And that's another putative measure that this is definitely designed to, to create. It absolutely is designed yes. to create a punitive situation. I'm not going to call it anything but that. But again, I want to emphasize this. The players union agreed to this. I yes. don't know what they got in return for it, but they agreed to this. Yeah. So yep. Done point. Yeah. You know, um, they, they probably got more money on the salary cap earlier this, this year. Well, you know, you might be right. That might've been what it was. I'll bet you it was. Cause it's just something yeah. short term. This is a short term thing. Yeah. They didn't um, get anything permanent. It, it, it you know, it, it is, if you're a coach, you also look at it from the standpoint of like, I, I, I worked so hard to build a family team unity, all that. And it's going to be a natural barrier to that. If you have that one or two guys who are choosing to do their own thing. Um, so that's another frustrating part of this as well, but, um, yeah. So there's been a few guys, Cole Beasley of the bills has spoken out and, um, you can't eat with your teammates. If you're not vaccinated, you can't eat with your teammates, any teammate. You, you will be the boy in the corner, uh, all by yourselves while the other children get to play, eat and have fun. It's really that simple. No social Um, media marketing or sponsorship activities permitted. To me, that's the huge one. I, I think that's huge, especially <laughs> for the young players. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Are you kidding me? So yeah. Yinzers, Yinzers across the Berg are hoping that Juju is anti-vax. Oh yeah, yeah. Can you can you imagine uh, yeah. a, a certain no TikTok uh, for you, Mister? Yeah, a certain shock jock <laughs> waiting to jump on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to uh, ask you guys a little question here. Um, we were kind of talking about over and under and stuff. Ian was mentioning that tonight in our uh, group chat and you know, it's something that I would normally do, uh, definitely training camp time as we get close to the regular season. But, um, as you look at the Steelers roster right now, um, and, and granted, it's likely going to change even through training camp. But right now, um, where would you put, Ian, where would you put the Steelers over under on, on wins right now? Who? Um, I, I mean, I think wins has more to do with schedule than roster um, because okay. as, we, as we've talked about before, you know, we've we've seen seasons where we thought we were going to have a really tough schedule and then a couple injuries happened and it wasn't nearly as hard. Right. So, um, I mean, I I think 
I think nine and a half is probably a fair over under number. Yeah. That you know, somewhere somewhere between nine to ten wins is probably around where I'd put them. Good good enough to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um and then honestly, I mean we've we've seen it in the past with this team and with other teams. Once you get there, it's anybody's game, especially yes. with especially with only one team getting a buy now. I mean, it's it's wide open. Any anything can happen. Mm-hmm. One no, I, one I, injury I changes things dramatically, whether it's in the playoffs or the regular season. But you know, especially in the playoffs, the you know we arguably the best Steelers team of the last decade saw. Antonio Brown get the brains knocked out of his head in Cincinnati and Ben Roethlisberger yeah. get carted off the field only to come back and, and heroically lead us to victory. Also, thanks to the, the brain dead gang of <laughs> Cincinnati defenders. But ne- nevertheless, I mean, that was arguably the best team we had. And we had to go into Denver with a, a rookie Sammy Coates leading the receiving core and, and like Kobe Hamilton, I think. And, and yeah. even the year after that, like yeah. we went into, we went into new England for the AFC championship game and, and uh, you know, Lev what, Bell Bryant, like a, a snap. Lev, Lev Bell played yeah. one snap after, after setting and then breaking his own Steelers postseason rushing record, the first two games. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he got hurt like the second play of the game in new England. So it, it does make a big difference, you know, in sure. the playoffs where, um, you know, an injury or two can completely change the complexion of things. I, I think Vegas, the last I saw had the Steelers at eight and a half. I'm not positive. I, I, I thought I saw that about a month or two ago, but uh, ben, where, where where are you on that? If you had to place an over under right now, today nine and a half games. Nine and a half. Um, yeah. I'm fairly. I, I I feel pretty good about them winning ten games. To be honest with you, I think they can compete next year. I don't think they're a contender. I don't mm-hmm. want to give everybody anybody mm-hmm. that impression. Sorry, Steelers fans. No. Um, I don't think they're a contender next year. You know, things can change though, as Ian's pointed out. Yeah. Um, the you know the, that that confidence they lost last year could build late season, um, an injury here and there to opposite to opposing teams, especially opposing teams within the division, could really change the complexion of, of the the season. Um, we've talked about the fact that the NFL, the complexion of the entire league changes about every four weeks. Oh, for sure. Yep. Um, yep. I don't expect next year to be any different. Well, and, and um, consider consider too. Kansas City's a late game. Patrick Mahomes on the cover of Madden for this coming year. Uh, there is that Madden. Uh, you you know, know that that other guy. Yeah, on the I cover. Know. I'm really I hoping know. that he is the victim of the Madden I, I, curse. I, I know. I know. I mean, yeah. like, it's like, like, you know, and I and I don't just mean like a torn ACL, like torn ACL, PCL, <laughs> MCL. <laughs> You're you're hoping for another 2008 situation. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm, yeah. I'm a little little salty. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I, join I, join I, the club. I'm I'm not a fan. Um, and I just being honest, you know, I'm I'm just, just being straight. Yep, that's um, what we do. You know, yeah, it, I think he's I, he's, yeah. he's a very very good player. Um, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterback of all time. It is what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I just uh I just happen to think he's also an asshole. So yeah, and know. there's nothing wrong with that. 
Nothing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. As we uh, head into the off season, obviously our uh, number one concern will be making sure that our Steelers are not in the headlines for doing anything stupid. Um, but it's also a good time for us to get a little creative as well uh, on the podcast that will be coming up. And we'll certainly uh, do that as we uh, inch closer towards August and uh, well, late July, I should say, and training camp and everything else. So uh, we'll wrap it up for tonight. You've been listening to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And this is Steel Dad signing off for Ian and Ben. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. <laughs>